0: Welcome to the HerDefined podcast, here to help you define your own means of success. Do you have ambitious career goals, but are feeling lost, confused, or even frustrated with where you're currently at? Maybe you have a passion to start your own business, but don't know how to achieve it. Hi, I'm Juliana, and I've been right where you are at several points in my life. During these times, I've turned to inspiring and ambitious women for guidance to point me in the right direction and lead me to a solution. Each week, here on Her to Find, a successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman will share her real-life experiences and insights while defining the ways in which she achieved success. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Her Find podcast. Today's guest has achieved the ultimate Devil Wears Prada lifestyle. Jessica Zagari has over 10 years of experience in communications in the fashion and beauty industries, managing integrated communication strategies and programs such as public relations, events, content, social media, and influencer campaigns on diverse brands such as Garnier, Maybelline, Essie, and most recently as Director of Communications for L'Oreal Paris Canada. Just one look at her LinkedIn page and you will see she's played an integral role in the Canadian beauty and fashion industry. In this episode, we talk about how to stand out when applying and interviewing for the job of your dreams, what a strong and great brand consists of, and finally, the advice and motivation she's received from Jane Fonda, Helen Mirren, and Viola Davis. When deciding on which university to go to, you made a split decision and at the last minute went into marketing. Can you explain this feeling and how you knew that was the right decision to make?
1: Yeah, I think it was... was kind of twofold at the time. So I had always had my mindset, my I had a background kind of in journalism and always pictured myself kind of in in the media field, going into communications and journalism and kind of working there. Um, but I had a lot of friends who had been through, so I managed my college radio station and I had a lot of friends that I knew through that and other mediums that had gone through the program and then were not working in in the communications fields or in the media fields so it put some doubts in my mind and also my my family's like a little bit more traditionally italian so it was it was a questionable career in the first place but they were they were super supportive still but there was a few doubts and i think just in the end last last minute my intuition kind of kicked in where i was kind of like with business at the backing of you know whatever i decide to do it'll be a, it'll be a great decision so um, I chose marketing just because of the creativity that came along with it uh, the media side of me is really creative and I love content creation so I said this will kind of allow me to hone those skills but then have a business backing to it and and I'm so happy I made the decision I loved um, I love certain classes in in marketing for sure the more creative ones but even the ones that were more like accounting and numbers based uh, they actually play a play a big role in my in my day-to-day now just when it comes to you know putting forward an idea and having the proof behind it or being able to analyze how my programs have performed. So really happy I made that split-second decision and had that fallback plan if ever uh, communications didn't work out.
0: What are your tips for listeners who are eager to gain experience in their field or passion or get their foot in a door for a company but don't know how to do that?
1: I think for me... It's weird. I know this is going to sound so cliche, but it's, I think it's all about standing out and however you, you do that. So I know even personally, a lot of the, um, team members that I, or people I've had on my team or people I've interviewed, the ones that kind of like mark me are the ones that have stand out in some particular way. I think innovation is really super important here. Like the way you put yourself out there, the way you innovate, even like with your CV to stand out. Um, and also perseverance. It's such a weird thing to say, but like, following up, showing your passion, um, you know, just be persistent and, and put forward who you are and be authentic to. I think that's super important. Because Sometimes you could read straight through someone if they're not being their authentic self. So so I think those things, but yeah, perseverance and just standing out from the crowd and thinking of creative ways um, to do that, whether it be through the knowledge you bring um, or through the way you approach it in a really creative manner. Some people have presented cases when, when I've interviewed with them or things they've thought up, great ideas that were super, super creative. So I think anything you could do to set yourself apart from the crowd, I think is, is, is great. And will leave you as a memory, even if the company is not hiring at that point in time, I've, I've even gone back to some people that I've just like had an interesting conversation with, or, um, you know, have networked with, but they said something that really stuck with me. I've, I've reached back out to them um, afterwards. So it's not a one chat shot deal either.
0: Yeah, so true. And especially what you said to perseverance, people don't follow up anymore, which is so weird. No. Yeah, completely. (laughs) I'm always like, if you're going to apply for a job, that's like part of your job interview is to follow up in like a few days or a week or whatever. And people are just always like, oh, I, I never do that. And I actually, yeah, one of my uh, team members followed up for
1: for a role that she ended up getting. But, you know, we had to put the role on hold because of the pandemic and then come back later. So, you know, that was one of the ways she stood out as well was just doing that following up and saying up, like, I understand completely the situation and what's going on. Like, just want to make sure I'm top of mind when when the role does open up. So I think that's so important and, and gives you such an edge for
0: sure. What do you love most about working in the fashion and beauty industries?
1: I'd say creativity and, and artistry. So I think that's at the heart of the fashion and beauty industries. And I'm like someone who's super passionate about content creation and storytelling. So there's just so much of it there. And a lot of the fashion and beauty brands that exists and the ones that I've had the pleasure of working on. So I think just being able to like, hone in on that storytelling and and you know be
0: creative with it. You mentioned L'Oreal recruited you to work in social media for them. What was that feeling like having this mega beauty corporation ask for your help? It was really honestly it was unreal. Um
1: at the time this is dating myself a little bit, but <laughs> at the time this is almost 7 years ago when when they did approach me it was to work on Maybelline, Essie, and Garnier and I remember back then um, in my mind anyways, SE was like uh, like had just been at its high point in terms of brand voice and brand storytelling and everything they were doing from a marketing perspective was so on point. So when they reached out as soon as I mean obviously I was thrilled with Maybelline and I was thrilled with Garnier as well but just the opportunity to work on a brand that had such a, a strong brand voice and a strong, vision of their brand and how they brought their colors to life was so exciting. So like, as soon as they said that I was kind of sold on the position and the roles kind of flipped and now it's like, okay, now how do I sell myself to them to like, make sure for sure I seal this deal. It was definitely super flattering. And it was one of those moments too. I just like went in there and I had great chemistry um, with the, my boss at the time. And it, it would just felt like really one of those meant to be moments. And this is like what I'm supposed to do. What do you think makes for a good brand? I think a brand that has like really strong, distinct values um, is super important. So, you know, the brand has to really stand for something and be unique in what it stands for. Um, So like L'Oreal Paris, you know, we championed the phrase uh, because you're worth it so many years ago. And I think everything the brand does including what we do here in Canada is like centered around that and women's empowerment. So I think a brand that's really able to have a clear clear set of values and then be able to storytell around those values is is super captivating. So there's a lot of great brands doing it and I think there's even a lot really small brands that are doing a great job. Um, and being authentic too. I think, especially in this day and age, if there's nothing we've learned over the last couple of years, it's, it's to be super authentic in what you're doing as well as brand.
0: Out of all the companies that you have worked for, so RW & Co., Maybelline, Garnier, can you, in almost a rapid fire format, list off one thing that you learned from each company? That's a good one. RW & Co.
1: is the hardest because... I learned so much there. When I started there, um, we were about 7 people as part of the marketing team. So I really touched on everything. So I think maybe that one, I'd have to say what I learned in terms of value the most was that it really helps to have knowledge in many different aspects of a role or of a company. So like Jack, Jack of all trades, master of none, kind of like it, it really helps when you have that because, you know, it'll allow your career to shift and adapt and, and allow you to grow. Um, for Essie, if I want to say something for that, I think attention to detail for sure. Just making sure everything is so aligned with the brand voice. Uh, Maybelline, I would say that one probably pushed me to be the most innovative and creative just because they always wanted to be at the cutting edge and like try new things. And, um, so I think really innovation and and creativity was at the heart of that. And Garnier, I know this is really funny and it's like super basic, but I, I took on a role as digital content manager on Garnier. And so it really, um, Educated me on like the back end of websites and and all of that, which I hadn't really been exposed to before. So I think just learning um, that aspect of and it kind of goes back to like understanding all different roles and touching on different things. But I got to understand like the back end of a website, what I can do creatively and what I couldn't do, and limitations and working with webmasters and how to bring a vision to life within within a, a box, you know? So, um and L'Oreal Paris, I guess that's the last one. Um for me that one is honestly just the scale of the projects that I've been able to bring to life has just been incredible. So I think for me, I'm just super thankful that uh people like everyone at L'Oreal has had faith in me to put me in this role, but then also just to see what we've been able to accomplish. So it's not really a learning, I guess it is a little bit learning that,
0: you know, when you put your mind to something, you could achieve it. Amazing. When you mentioned doing backend development, that just brought back all of my interactive media days when I was working with like LAMP stacked and the coding and the servers and understanding all of it. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. But now that I have that experience, it's, I use it almost every single day.
1: Exactly. Yeah, me too. It was very challenging. It was different. I was constantly being pushed back on what was possible, what was not. And then I'd have to adapt and readjust. But um, I think that pushed the perseverance aspect so much more. And now I almost when I'm when I'm creating content or something, I'm almost thinking of it from a back end perspective, too. So Mm -hmm. I, I definitely think it made me a more well rounded individual.
0: You mentioned when working at L'Oreal, you were working for three unique brands with distinct voices. How did you ensure you remain diverse and didn't blend the three brands? That was challenging,
1: but I think it's what also made it such a a rewarding experience for me coming from RW & Co. Where I was solely on like one brand, I think this kind of gave me almost like an agency vibe because I was able from one day to the next kind of put on those hats. And I'd have to say I did have to separate, like I could not be working simultaneously on two brands because then you started to see the, the kind of like verbiage and the messaging kind of meld into one. So I would have to compartmentalize, like not maybe on a daily basis, but at least split my time. So like now I'm solely focused and immersed merged onto the Maybelline brand or now I'm on Garnier and now it's all about naturality So I would split my time and honestly, it made it super motivating for me to go from one to the next and also see what resonated from one to the next.
0: Yeah, I feel like it would always, there's always something new upcoming or something to look forward to because it's three unique perspectives and brands. Yeah, And
1: sometimes I check myself too. Like I, if I was like creating a content calendar, I'd go back and I, you know, read it over Uh, with a new set of eyes the next day and be like, okay, am I am I really in that frame of voice? Um, but the fact that they were so distinct too was super helpful. I think if the brands were a little bit more similar, um, I think it would have been more challenging. But like, I mean, Garnier was super naturality, cross categories, Maybelline was all about, you know, fashion and cutting edge. And then you had Essie, which was super focused on colors. So everything had to play off their colors. So I think it was helpful that they did have these very distinct brand images and and voices for me to play off.
0: For listeners who are wanting to follow your career path, name the most important skill or qualification that they should improve upon. Skills for me
1: are things that you could learn very easily. I think there's some things like I think creativity for sure has got to me where I am. Like determination and perseverance is, is definitely a strong one as well. Um, so I would say it's more those that are kind of like inherent, whereas skill sets. Yes, they have definitely helped me along the way, but there's so many. And and I'm very thankful to L'Oreal as well, because they've thrown me in some situations where I had no clue what I was doing. You know, like we launched a philanthropic program and it was the first stand up against street harassment. And that was like the first time I've touched on that. So it was learning a whole new kind of industry and, and initiative so I've been thrown in those situations many times and uh, ha- have had to adapt and have had to find the resources. So I think it's it's more about those, those personality traits of being perseverant, being creative. And then I think, too, being able to like pull out and find those resources if you're put in those types of situations and, and networking and creating relationships. I mean, it goes it's kind of weird because I work in the communication field. So it kind of goes without saying, but in any type of role, no matter what you're doing, like having those relationships and those, even those people to, to back you or vice versa, to support you in your journey is, is, um, super valuable.
0: Are there specific practices or methods that you do to ensure creativity or where does your creativity come from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh my gosh, so
1: many places. So I have like a screen grabs folder that so whenever I see something that inspires me, I'm constantly just on different social medias. But that's just because of my role. And because I like it too. But I'm someone who loves to screenshot. And this is not only in the beauty industry, in any industry, if I see something really like cutting edge and interesting. I'll screenshot it and put it in my like little inspiration folder. And every once in a while I'll visit my folder. And it's kind of like a Pinterest board of ideas. So especially when I'm working on new projects, I'll, I'll go there and even if something's not like completely like maybe I screenshot a social media post, but it, it drives inspiration to something else. So I'm, I'm very visual in that way. So I do that. I also like I've subscribed to a lot of newsletters in the industry and just constantly reading and like just seeing best practices. And, you know, I think being curious is something actually that would be something following my career path that is so, so valuable is just continuing to be curious in the fields that you're in. So I'm always looking, you know, what tests have been done? What's new? Like what's going on? Um, what can I test and learn with what, uh, what new platforms are, are trending? What new ways of creating content are there?
0: What's the biggest piece of constructive criticism you've received that has stuck with you today? Um, this was a piece,
1: I guess you could say it's constructive criticism, but one of my previous, um, bosses uh, like his biggest message for me over time. And then like it came up a few times because I'm kind of like this weird introvert extrovert. So I, I wouldn't call myself extroverted by any means. Um, but I do it as part of my job. So I'm like this weird mix of the two, but his message was to take up more space. I love that. Yeah. So it was really great. And like it it, it me. And obviously, you have to do it in a way that's authentic to you. So I will never be that huge extrovert. That's very, you know, loud and bubbly. And it's great if you like are there's pros, pros to both, you know, as long as you're being authentic. Um, but you know, so I constantly think about that too, when I'm in meetings, and how I could take up a little bit more space and, you know, make sure that my voice is heard, and my opinions are heard. And Um, everything like that. So I really love that piece of feedback. And I keep thinking to it every once in a while, or when I'm in a, especially like in a boardroom with a lot of higher level um, executives, I'll keep that in the back of my mind of how, how do, how
0: can I take up a bit more space here? Especially for women, we're always not in that mode, but we definitely should be. Exactly. Like you don't feel like you should be taking up space, but yeah. Or that we're deserving. Yeah,
1: exactly. You, you've earned that seat at that table, like take up your space, make your voice heard, and you have tons of value to add to the conversation.
0: What's something you've done really well during your career that has set you apart? And you sort of touched a little bit on this, but if you have any other advice. I think it's really funny because I, I was thinking
1: this too, to because to, I did have the pleasure of going through some of your questions. I was thinking of one of the quotes that I took from Jane Fonda. We did an event with Jane Fonda. I took notes during her whole session just because her little tidbits were so invaluable. And one of her quotes was, stay hungry. And I think for me, um, that's maybe something that I didn't touch on so much before. But I've always pushed myself to stay hungry and passionate about what I'm doing. And whenever that hasn't been there, I've spoken up. And ask for a change or ask for more responsibility or other learning opportunities. And I think that's kind of pushed me in in my career to where I am today because, you know, like I'm making my voice heard. And at the same time, I'm I'm helping my self-motivation. I know I'm someone that is motivated by learning and growing. Um, So I think that um, it's definitely staying hungry, asking when I want more. Um, pushing myself into new new realms that I'm uncomfortable in, um, but we learn the most when we're uncomfortable.
0: The beauty and fashion industry can have a bad rap for being called like catty or like being full of drama. What do you have to say to combat that? And what are your thoughts on all of that?
1: Funny, yeah. This is such an interesting stereotype. I have to say, like there there may have like there is one time in my career that I've actually. Um, Experienced a little bit of this, and I was kind of pushed, pushed, like, wasn't pushed to my full potential by someone who, who, you know, may have felt and threatened by me in my career. I have to say that, like, women were sometimes our worst, our own worst enemies, but like, when we come together, um, we achieve such amazing things. So I've honestly had the opportunity, especially at L'Oreal, to have some amazing mentors. Um, I can't say. There's been any cattiness, if anything, um, I've met some of the most exceptional women who have, you know, helped me and uh, mentored me into the professional that I am today. So I think it gets a bad like. I think every industry gets a bad rap, and sometimes we just have to switch this mindset about you know empowering each other, helping each other, put, putting each other's wins out there. Um, and I think it would change, uh, you know, like change so many statistics of women at the top and and everything like that. But honestly, I have to say, I think it's more of a stereotype than anything. Especially in recent years, um, I've had the pleasure of working alongside some some fantastic women, and it's been nothing but teamwork and
0: collaboration, and um, we've achieved great things together. Can you describe what a typical workday? looks like for you. Oh, this
1: is the hardest question cuz there's no typical work day in my role. It is insanity. It is always shifting. It is quite unique. So I could tell you a bit about my role and what I do, I guess, because that could give you an idea, but obviously it's constantly shifting and evolving and I think especially since the pandemic hit. I think we've like kind of been forced into this um like almost hyper speed into evolution, I feel, into how the ways we communicate and consumers' needs and desires. So basically, uh, my role as um, I lead up the communications team on L'Oreal Paris, and we take care of everything from the brand communications to uh, influencer marketing, social media, digital content, um, public relations, and events. Um, and basically the communications that are going out to our consumers, whether it be email or social or, you know, all of those methods. So it's constantly evolving to whatever the trends are and what consumers are looking for. And I feel like, especially since the pandemic hit last year. it's those evolutions have been happening at light speeds. So we've actually adapted our strategy. Now we're meeting three times a week to adapt our communication strategy on the fly to how, you know, everyone's living differently. Like we see salons closed one week. So people are looking on how to dye their hair and the next week they're open. So now something else is the priority, but it's really shifted. Um, And then I know we touch on this a little bit Later, but we have some great initiatives too. So some events are kind of like coming in and out. So we just wrapped up our Women of Worth philanthropic program that we do every year. So a lot of my time over the last, oh my gosh, four or five months have has been dedicated to that program with my team. Um, and then we have new launches. So new launches happen kind of beginning of the year, so now we're in big launch mode, and then halfway through the year, so Honestly, it's constantly changing and I love it. And we're seeing new trends emerge
0: and, you know, we're just trying to adapt and be agile. You've worked on L'Oreal Paris' philanthropic program, Women of Worth, and at the Toronto International Film Festival for four years. Can you elaborate on these projects and events and the workflow, planning, and resources that go into each?
1: Women of Worth, which we just wrapped, is an amazing, amazing program. I've had the pleasure of working on it, as you said, for four years. It's five years old in Canada, so from the second year. And um, basically, the goal of the program is to really highlight women who are making an incredible difference in our communities and the world through volunteer work. So we start the program every year back in like October um and we do an open call n- nationwide for people to nominate people they know that are making a difference or you can nominate yourself um so women who are volunteering for a huge di- like diverse uh, array of causes um but just are really like dedicating their time to make other people's lives better to make their communities better um So it starts off with that. And then we get all these amazing submissions, which is incredible. There's over hundreds of of submissions that come in, which is great to see. It really kind of like brings this hope and this um, admiration for for these incredible women to light. And we go through some judging phases and narrow, very, very difficultly narrow it down to uh, 10 exceptional women that we honor every year. And we honor them with a gala, um, but also with $10,000 to their um, charities. And most of the women, we've had had a few in the past that have worked for other charities, but a lot of the women have founded their charities and they've put their passion there. And oftentimes it's like these incredible stories um, stemming from you know something horrible or, or really tough that's happened in their lives that they've turned into a positive and are now, you know, giving back. So if I could, uh, I'll bring one story, um, which truly resonates to me because I I've kept in touch with Lynn over all these years, but Lynn Rosichak, who was our national honoree back in 2019. Um, she's just absolutely incredible. So she, lived a lot of uh, domestic violence in her own personal life, uh, kind of like in her inner journey. And um, her daughter was a victim of domestic abuse and was murdered by her husband. And she really wanted to, one, create, because she was from a small town in, in Alberta, but she wanted to create a safe space because there wasn't many or any in her area in Alberta um, for families and for victims of domestic abuse to go. Um, and also she wanted to, um, you know, raise awareness and make it accessible. Cause a lot of the places, even there wasn't much in her area, but even the ones that were around, you know, weren't always inclusive to bring kids or to bring, um, you know, it's not always women who are victims, you know, there might be other other victims as well. So she her her goal in her daughter's honor was to really build a house that would serve as as a um a safe haven for for victims. So she actually went ahead and did that and and you know thanks to the support of our program and the promotion, because we also they don't only get the money, we also try to promote their stories as much as possible through our platforms. So she was able to raise the money and um open the shelter. Um, I think it was earlier, I want to say it was last year she opened. And so we've just been in touch with her all this time and getting to hear all the stories and the advancements. So it's just incredible. This program just is so close to my heart because of that. And it's so long because we do start it in October, September, October, and it goes through all these phases. And then we get to meet the women and the gala usually happens on International Women's Day. So it's like this really long process, a lot of hard work. This year was exceptionally challenging because we did it virtually. So it was a whole new, new realm, but um, just being able to bring these stories to light and meeting these women. And then they kind of like, we do have an alumni group with all of them. So they've kind of become this support network for each other as well, which is, which is just amazing to see. Toronto Film Festival, we've been, it's a little bit more (laughs) lighthearted. But we've been a sponsor of the film festival, uh, I want to say it's 10 years now that we've been an official beauty sponsor of the Toronto Film Festival. So that as well is a really long planning process. We, start, we just kicked off planning already for this year um, and it'll go until the, the festival in September. This one too has kind of adapted with the times and really aligned with our brand DNA. So again, it's all about women's empowerment. So we really want to highlight um, emerging women talent or women talent in the industry that have kind of made waves and made, you know, kind of pioneered the way for other women in the industry, because we know that the film industry is one that has had a bit of inequalities in the past. Um, so really push those women's stories forward. Um, so we create like a bunch of content surrounding it. We're normally in Toronto for 10 days around the festival where we're activating on the red carpet, um, and with events and stuff. Past year was a little bit different. We did it virtually again. Um, so we'll see this year. We're hoping there'll be some, some element of, uh, of in-person, but again, adapting with the times, never a dull moment putting us on our toes. We'll figure it out um, as we get closer to festival. But yeah, it's really about kind of putting out our brand DNA through um, the affiliation and, and promoting these
0: women in film. I feel like with your philanthropic programs, you're meeting incredible everyday women who are just changing the game and, and changing people's lives and then also with tiff you're meeting all these incredible iconic celebrities and and women and just from creeping your instagram you've met some incredible celebrities and icons can you name a few of them and what those experiences are like
1: yeah absolutely so we talked a bit before about jane fonda so that for me i mean she's just absolutely incredible um and we did a chat with her where Marilyn Dennis kind of like asked her about her career and everything she's been through and piece of advice. Um and I was writing the entire time because she had so many amazing pieces of advice. So like I remember taking these notes and I, I brought them up because I'm like, they are so good. Um but yeah, one was stay hungry, which we touched on already, which is so great. The other one was live intentionally which I found that so important, like so many times we're going like through the daily, whatever it is, but like to take a moment to reflect on how you're living intentionally is so like was so profound to me. And then the last one was that no, can be considered a complete sentence, like it is a complete sentence. And I think I don't know if it's just me or women. But we sometimes always have feel the need to justify. So those were three like eye opening ones that I that I took down from Jane. I'd have to say Helen Mirren. We just had her virtually host our our Women of Worth Gala for the second time. We had her um, back in twenty eighteen as well as our host, and she's just absolutely astonishing. Like super humble, um, and just so authentic. And I think that's what I took away from my time with her was really to just be your true self and embrace that and be respectful. Like she was so incredibly humble and respectful to everyone. She took time with each of our Women of Worth honorees and really got to know them and their causes. And at the same time, you know, she was she was just her. And I think you know, sometimes I'm sure everyone's experienced imposter syndrome because, you know, that's kind of, um, you know, very predominant nowadays, especially for women. But, you know, to be you and to be authentically you and embrace that in every means of the word is just so powerful. And then Viola Davis, too, who I think is... Oh, she's
0: amazing. She's so incredible.
1: She's just incredible. And her too. She just completely embraced herself, but she was so real and raw. And like, we had a chat with her. This was last Tiff. And she was really open and honest about, you know, trying to fit to someone else's specifications of whatever it might be, or someone else's expectations and how amazing it felt to just be her true self and to understand your own worth. Um, so yeah, I think those three have been highlights. Um, there's been some other amazing memorable ones, but those ones are ones that afterwards, like I had to take some notes and I had to do some self-reflection. Um, and you know, like what I want to aspire to or how I want to be remembered. Um, those were, those were the key ones.
0: What are your plans for the future? What are you most excited about? And what are you looking forward to? Oh my gosh. That was, yeah. I read this question and it's so
1: hard because I I think it all goes back to the same. Like my, what does the future look like? What are my plans for the future? I think I'm going to just stay hungry and excited and passionate. So I want to push the envelope more for our brand. I want to create more. I want to, you know, continue with what I have in the past to learn and grow in every aspect that I can. So I think all of that, I've also taken on a new role to lead up um, sustainability for our division at L'Oreal. So it's become a huge priority for for L'Oreal to um, like really put in place specific goals when it comes to our sustainability and our um, environmental footprint and how we could help. Um, So I'll be leading that. So that's a new, new realm and a new challenge for me to learn and grow in yeah. What am I most excited about? I don't know. I just love seeing the way the industries are evolving so quickly. Um, especially since the pandemic and I'm just kind of enjoying that and riding
0: that wave. So thank you so much for listening to the her Define podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I want your feedback. Do you have any successful entrepreneurial or businesswoman in your life who should be featured on an episode of Her Defined? If so, send me a DM on Instagram at Her Podcast or by email at HerDefinedPodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode has been produced and edited by yours truly, Juliana Dalacosta. Be sure to check back next Tuesday for another episode to hear her stories, hear her advice, hear her defined.